Hello and welcome back to the Empowered Affirmations podcast. Today's episode doesn't actually contain affirmations, but I am going to be talking to you about restructuring your thoughts in a way that affirms the reality you want to be true. And you can do affirmations all day, and yes, they will help, but in the bigger scheme of things, if your thought processes don't align with the words that you're saying, things are going to change at like a turtle pace, very slowly. There's three main books that I recommend that explain in depth just how impactful your thoughts can be on your reality. And those are Cure by Joe Marchant, You Are the Placebo by Joe Dispenza, and Why the Woo Woo Works by Dr. David Hamilton. I'll have those linked in the show notes. And if you don't have the time or the money to get those books, one of my favorite accounts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts is called Best Book Bits, where they summarize books in about 15 to 30 minutes. And they even have like PDF summaries available that you can download. Not sponsored at all, but it is just an amazing resource, and they review a lot of self-help, success, and personal growth books, which I really enjoy. So to start, I'm sure that you've heard the phrase breaking out of the matrix, probably by like a celebrity or some big spiritual guru, but I'm going to break it down into what it actually means. It's not really a difficult concept to understand, but it can be really hard for people to grasp it and apply it to their lives. So there's a literal sense of it, and there's also like a spiritual, more metaphysical version of it. And in the literal version, it's based off of the movie The Matrix that came out in 1999, where people were living inside of a simulated reality. Now, four years after the movie came out, there was a Swedish philosopher that wrote a paper called Are We Living in a Computer Simulation? Now, his theory was that if us as a human species had advanced technologically so far that we could create human simulations, we would have probably done that. And life as we know it could very well be that. Other philosophers and quantum physicists have also chimed in saying that there is possibility that the things around us aren't real and we're just seeing them all and just because we perceive it as real doesn't mean that it is. And I think that's where people start heading towards like derealization and psychosis. So I'm not going to go too into depth on that. But Elon Musk even said that the possibility that we aren't in a simulation is one in billions. And to explain this like a little bit more, you know how we have augmented reality like people put on goggles and they do that little like simulation where they're walking off of a plank off a building and then they fall and their body reacts in a way that they think it's real like I don't know if you guys have seen those YouTube videos (laughs) but it's believed that we could have progressed in the future so far to a point where our augmented reality is like 10 times what it is right now to a point where we have created such a lifelike experience that this could very well be a simulation. Of course, there's definitely been opposing arguments and some professors have denied saying that it's possible because they're like, well, why would we simulate us when there's so many other things that we could simulate? But I think they're just ignoring the fact that like Sims has sold over 200 million copies. Like it's one of the best selling games of all time. And with playing Sims, we get to kind of like experience life without doing any of the work and feeling any of the pain. So I think that's a dumb argument. But do I think we're in in a simulation? No, I don't. And I think it's kind of like spiritual bypassing when people say that this is all simulation and none of it matters. 
And believe it or not, the computer simulation theory was technically disproven in 2017 when two physicists wrote a paper arguing that you would need a computer capable of simulating quantum particles, things like photons, electrons, atoms, like the substances that make up the universe. And they calculated that storing information for even a few hundred electrons would require more computer memory that exists in our entire universe. So hopefully that puts some of your minds at ease. Now to the more like spiritual, metaphorical sense of breaking out of the simulation. I think I said metaphysical, but I meant metaphorical. The version that I can actually get behind um, in a spiritual sense, it's about lifting the veil of everything that you've been taught. So imagine you're walking down the street and you see someone. You instantly form dozens of opinions based on how that person looks, how they're dressed, how their skin looks, what car they drive, how much body weight they have on them. Yet you know absolutely nothing about that person. And all of those assumptions that you make, you've been taught. And growing up, you were probably taught that you weren't capable of certain things or responsibilities based on your age, your race, your gender. And it's not about blaming anyone like your teachers or your parents because they were also taught things. And again, you've probably been taught that someone is to blame for all of those things that are right. It's not about blaming anybody. It is about breaking out of that mental cage of thinking that every single thing has to be done a certain way because we were taught this certain way and rewriting your own rule book on life. I think one of the biggest challenges that also go with that is that your mentality is going to shift in a way that people think you're fucking crazy and you'll grow out of old friendships, you'll grow out of old relationships and you will grow out of the situation you're in right now. And that is either going to scare the shit out of you or it's going to excite you. It might scare you because the brain is designed to search for patterns and when the environment you're in starts to shift or you do new things, you get scared because your brain cannot find any patterns and sometimes it will send you into like a fight or flight or freeze mode and that's where affirmations are great to use to reaffirm that you're doing the right thing and to stop yourself from sinking into old patterns. And some really great books on that subject are How to Survive Change You Didn't Ask For by MJ Ryan and Atomic Habits by James Clear. And speaking of change you didn't ask for, I'm going to talk to you guys about why I didn't post for like five months. So I was set out to move to Key West, like I had talked about in one of my previous episodes, and I physically drove across the country from Washington State all the way to Key West, you know, two opposite ends of the country. And I was there for a little over a month until my partner, he was supposed to join me, And around my second week there, his job was like, nope, we're not actually going to send you there anymore. We're going to keep you here in Washington for much longer. (laughs) So since he wasn't going to be moving to Key West, he also wasn't going to be getting the pay increase that came with moving to Key West. And I had spent most of my savings moving. And we were at this point where we had two rent payments, the Key West one being $2,800 alone. My car got towed because I didn't um, get a parking sticker from the complex. That was another almost $400. I had bills, food, my car insurance. He was paying for his own bills. And then my partner had to find a new place to live since our old lease was about to end. 
And then the Washington lease, they charged us like $1,800 in move out fees for like the dumbest stuff, like $80 to replace fire alarm batteries. I got the like detailed receipt and I was like, this is so ridiculous. Like, why does it need to be this much? And they were like, oh, well, we have to buy a full pack of batteries, which is like $20. And the labor to install it is $60. Oh my gosh. I just wanted to like rip my hair out. I was like, $1,800 to move out. And I calculated how much we had to fork over that whole month. And it was like $11,000 worth of just stuff we had to pay for. And, you know, we didn't make $11,000 a month. And yeah, it just, it wasn't pretty. I had gotten to a point where I had $0 on our bank account. I had maxed out all of my credit cards. And it's a feeling I never want to experience ever again. And sadly, it's a feeling that many people deal with every single month. So fast forward, we ended our lease in Key West. I moved to Pennsylvania where his family lived and stayed there for two months while we were waiting to see like kind of what his job wanted to do with him. And in the meantime, he just moved in with one of his friends. Then he visited home for Christmas. And then we drove from Pennsylvania to Los Angeles where my family lives around like New Year's. And now, finally, like four months later, we're both finally moving to Arizona. We'll finally be back together. Well, we won't have to keep doing like long distance. And we have already been improved for our place. I've already been accepted to the school I want to go to. Things are like finally, finally working out. And you guys are actually the first people that I have told that. So yay, I'm so excited. That was what my few months were like. It was pretty miserable. And here I am four or five months later. And this is what I learned about myself through all of that. So ever since I got out of a really bad marriage like four years ago, I have wanted to plan everything. And I I was just like, oh, it's just the Virgo in me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's like I just wanted to plan everything in ridiculous detail. And I realized that it was like a safety slash coping mechanism of mine. Like if I can plan my life, I will avoid anything bad from happening. If I can plan everything, I will avoid anything from going wrong. I will be safe. And you know what you can count on in life? Things will go wrong. You can always count on change to happen. Change is like the only constant that exists. And if change isn't happening, then you're not growing. And so finally, after the third move, I realized that I cannot plan everything. And I had to let go of like some serious control issues that I had. And I'm so happy that that craziness happened because like I finally feel free from the weight that I held, like trying to control every single situation and like how upset I would be if things didn't go the right way. And I can plan things for fun and stuff, but planning as a safety tactic just wasn't serving me because I am no longer in that situation that I was in four years ago. I am safe now and I am going to be okay if plans change or they fall through and I am going to survive and I'm going to thrive. And going back to breaking out of the thoughts that you've been taught, you have also taught yourself so many ways of thinking based on your past experiences. And some of us are still living in survival mode. You need to break out of your own head and just try to see things without bias. And if you can recognize when you're having these negative or self-destructive thoughts, you can address them and like finally heal from them. Like maybe you don't plan things to feel safe like I used to. Maybe you just shut everyone out. Maybe you hurt people before they have the chance to hurt you. 
maybe you think just very like black and white. And if this is you, you probably find yourself saying words like always, never, it's impossible, it's ruined, that's perfect, it needs to be perfect, this is the worst. Like you live life in very extreme circumstances and you might be very destructive when it comes to things. Like say you're in a new relationship and you get into a disagreement and you automatically just want to break up because now it feels like tainted rather than something that is actually just easily work throughable, can easily be worked through, you know what I'm saying? Like life is just not sustainable under such extreme circumstances. And the worst part is when we have these thoughts, we think we're protecting ourselves from danger, but we should be asking ourselves like, am I even in danger? Or am I creating this threat to make myself feel better? about being closed off and resentful and not pushing myself to the full distance. Have you guys ever met someone who, no matter what amount of information or facts you present to them, they are just so stuck in their own worldview? I want you to take a second and like imagine this person. Like We've all met someone like that. It's often called cognitive dissonance. And you might very well be thinking of someone who exhibits these character traits. People generally think of these people like as childish or ignorant or arrogant, but I want you to think of how debilitating that must be to be so stuck in your thoughts, especially if they're negative thoughts. And a lot of you may be more open-minded when it comes to politics or food or sports, social media, like whatever. But how stuck in your thoughts are you about the things that you deserve, your emotional responses, the way that you treat others, the way that you treat yourself? Like, are you truly any different from those people if you refuse to change your viewpoint of yourself and the things that you're capable of? The sad part is there are so many people out there, a lot of people that surround you right now, that will never change. And maybe they're not meant to. Like for me, I have this little corgi. His name is Shakespeare. And he is just an absolute menace to society. But the good part is you could start thinking and living your life in a completely different way right this second. Like we have the mental capacity to do so, but not everybody has the drive or the self-awareness to. About three and a half years ago, there was a significant day where I decided I wanted to be a nice, friendly person. And that's the whole point of this episode. I had to completely restructure my thoughts to be nicer and to be kinder. When I did that, something else came with it. I stopped assuming that people were being mean or doing things with malicious intent, and my entire worldview eventually changed to instead of people being against me and me being reactive in situations, to now feeling that the world works in my favor a lot more. Obviously not those few months, but I think that was just a much bigger lesson to learn. And there was actually a huge instance on one of my trips that seriously tested my patience and kindness. And I will tell you about that before the episode ends. But yeah, you would be amazed at how far you can get in life just being kind to people and not assuming they're like being vindictive, which can be really hard if you grew up in a bad household or you've had very negative relationships. And it may feel weird at first, like you may have imposter syndrome, but it only feels like that 
because you are still living in your old thought patterns. Like, for example, I think I might have mentioned this in the episode about quitting alcohol, but the difference between saying, oh, no, thank you, I'm trying to quit drinking, and no, thank you, I don't drink, when someone offers you a drink, is in one of those situations you are trying to quit, and the other one, you are already existing in the mentality of someone who does not drink. Like, you just can't live in old thought patterns when you're trying to create new ones. A really, really great exercise for this is grabbing your journal and thinking of different scenarios that would make you angry if you're trying to be nicer. I'm just going to use, like, the nicer example. But you can apply this to anything you're trying to become or change about yourself and your thoughts. Like, getting into fitness, eating healthier, starting a business, saving more money. Think of situations that would challenge this version of you that you'd like to become and get like really, really creative with it. For example, if someone kept canceling plans with me, like we'd make plans, they'd cancel, we'd make plans again, they'd cancel. Instead of getting angry or defensive, I'd think about their situation. Perhaps they have anxiety, maybe they keep having things come up, perhaps they're just incompetent. And at the end of the day, that is only my problem or a stressor if I allow it to be. So I would write down in my journal that in this situation, I would remain calm and let this person know that I would love to spend time with them and I understand life gets hectic and to let me know when they'd like to plan something in the future where they have less going on. And depending on the situation, I would also set a boundary with that person. But that's it. Like no backhanded insult, no passive aggressiveness. And maybe your answer would be completely different if you were wanting to be more firm with people and stand up for yourself, or if you wanted to only prioritize people that prioritized you. Like, whatever your personal intentions are, write these experiments out, like how someone would challenge that and how you would respond with a good and graceful attitude. And some people argue that, like, it's disrespectful and they'd want to go off on this person. And you can totally do that. I would make sure that I know the scenario, like I know that they're actually blowing me off rather than they just have things coming up. But if they are purposely blowing you off, why would you waste an ounce of your energy when they didn't give two shits about yours? This is just a hypothetical. You can get more creative with these scenarios. And like I said, you will be tested by God or source or the universe, whichever you believe in. And when you pass those tests that are given to you, those are like, some of the strongest affirmations ever. It's like, holy shit, I am this person. I am changing. Which brings me to what happened when I was driving from Pittsburgh to Los Angeles. So the first part of our drive went really well, actually. But when we got through Denver, we were driving west on I-70 and there was this huge accident that happened. You can look up Glenwood Springs, Colorado um, at the end of December. It was just like, I think it was like 22 car pile up, like multiple semi trucks, and we had just missed it. So they had closed down the entire highway and they told us it was going to be a five hour wait. So we still had like five or six more hours to drive after we made it past that point. And we were like, yeah, there's no way we're going to wait here for five hours and then drive another five hours. Like it would have been way into the middle of the night for that. So we decided to drive back to Denver and then south to Colorado Springs. And it was honestly just like a nightmare. Like my eyes got sunburnt from the snow, like the light reflecting off of it. And then my wiper fluid was freezing. The roads were super hard to see. I drive a stick shift and my boyfriend isn't like the greatest at driving sticks. So in this scenario, it was like, I need to drive. So we headed back to Denver. We had a ton of traffic through there. It was kind of scary too, because the roads were still slick from the storm. And then we finally made it to Colorado Springs. 
And the hotel that we had scheduled was just, there were like throw up stains on the floor. There were tears in the carpet. There wasn't any toilet paper. There were like stains on the bed sheets. There wasn't even a remote. Like the smoke alarm was all taped up so people could smoke whatever they wanted to smoke, I guess. Like I just had this really long, exhausting, stressful day. And all I wanted to do was just like relax for a second and eat my food. And then this happened. So I was like, nope, I am not going to suffer. I booked another hotel and then we checked out and left and drove like another 30 minutes to go to that hotel. Then we finally made it to the hotel. Everything was fine. It was neat. It was clean. Good to go. Oh, and at one of the gas stations in Denver that we drove through, some dude tried to like con my boyfriend out of money like he was like hey can I have like $300 for gas I'm trying to get my family across the country like I'll give you this Versace bracelet and I've heard of these scams too so I was like no get in the car we're leaving and then the dude like drove off afterwards I was like uh didn't you need gas or something (laughs) but yeah it was just a very very stressful night and then we had gotten to that first hotel I was just like really like this too and to make it worse like there was a fire in denver that night but yeah that day i think was like one of the most intensely challenging days that really tested my strength and my patience and my kindness because there were times like my boyfriend like he was trying to help but it was like very frustrating and upsetting and just frankly like not helping the situation and i tried to handle it like with peace and kindness every time I was like thank you babe I appreciate that thank you babe maybe I'll do that next time and something I've started asking myself about certain situations especially ones like that is like will the situation get better if I let out my anger if I slip up and say something hurtful and I'm so glad that I didn't because once we got to that second hotel my boyfriend just like dropped all of my bags and he gave me a big hug and he was like I don't know how you did this by yourself like I'm so sorry I couldn't have been there for you the last two times that you were driving and I'm so proud of you and you're so strong and yeah it was just like a very beautiful moment that wouldn't have happened if I'd let the anger and the stress get the best of me and just like when you pass those tests that the universe gives you it's like it's the strongest affirmation ever it's like holy shit like I am this person and I am capable of changing and growing so I encourage you guys to spend more time this week thinking and noticing how you react to things asking yourself why like why do I have this thought when I see this when someone else does this am I being judgmental in this moment are my thoughts continuing to affirm my toxic patterns that are ultimately just hurting me or maybe holding me back like for example if you are someone who has been cheated on in the past in your current or future relationships you might find yourself like sabotaging things like for example me in the past i had an ex that had told me that they were going to bed early and they actually went and cheated on me then with my next relationship i would just get really bad anxiety and like even mad at my partner when they said that they were going to bed early and in that situation you need to ask yourself like is this just me feeling this way because of the past or do I actually mistrust my current partner too and if you don't trust them don't be with them or do activities that build trust if your relationship has just started but don't blame someone else for another individual's actions don't automatically assume things about people based on your past experiences it all goes back to your brain trying to find patterns in things to protect you So if you're still listening, thank you so much for staying. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to do a quick little summary of everything that we've talked about. 
we discussed how breaking out of the matrix in a metaphorical sense is peeling back all of the things and thought processes that we have been taught, which is, for some of us, every single thing. You're going to really start seeing changes when you break out of that mental cage of thinking that every single thing has to be done the way that we were taught. We talked about how the brain searches for patterns, and when you're in an environment that is brand new, you get scared because your brain cannot find these patterns. And this is a good time to resort back to your affirmations. I talked about negative thought patterns that you might have taught yourself because of your own past experiences. I talked about how it is completely possible to change and decide to be a different person at any time you feel like it. It's definitely not easy, but it's so possible if you put in the work, you maintain the self-awareness, and you keep challenging yourself. I talked about how you need to exist in those thoughts rather than someone trying to change those thoughts. I shared my own stories with growth, my own experiences, because I, I personally think that's so important when someone's talking about this stuff. It's like, how are you going to talk about this if you haven't gone through it yourself? But when I do hear people speaking of the challenges they face, I'm just like, like, I'm locked in. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, that's so inspiring. It's wonderful to hear. It's nice, like, feeling like those people are human still and they go through their own struggles. But yeah, I hope you guys like this longer format of an episode. It's not going to be how all my episodes are, but I did want to try it out. So, you know, give me a little grace if it is all over the place or send me a DM on Instagram if you liked it. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. I hope you learned something. I hope you got something from this. And yeah, go be beautiful and tackle today. I love you.